Welcome to the Soccer Speakeasy. Today is the 14th of July, 2022. It's a Thursday as Jacob Myers, our fine crew beat writer, and I, Michael A. Race, and our fine producer, Patrick, the podfather, Flaherty, convene here in a very quiet building on Broad Street in our studio. Thanks for joining us. Um, last night, the uh, the Columbus crew posted a uh, 2-2 draw at D.C. United. You know, uh, Jacob, I was going to begin the show by with, with the, the way that the team announced the uh, Cucho Hernandez uh, signing, which was Cucho. Can I, can I do that still? Yeah, I, I think you can. Well, it's there, not trademarked. There, there you go. Well, we should trademark it. Patrick, get on that. Um, Cucho Hernandez, the last show we did on the 23rd of June, um, it was just announced that they'd come to terms with uh, a, a former Watford uh, striker. Uh, very rare, obviously, to get a, a 23-year-old uh, player out of the English Premier League, a guy who's just starting to approach his prime. And uh, uh, we've seen how good this guy is in, in two games. Now, I know you're working on a story on how he was packaged, parceled, and got his paperwork done to get over here in time to play Saturday night. Let's begin with Saturday night, Jacob. Um, Cucho is not in peak condition at this point after going through the process of of, of being delivered to, to Columbus uh, from uh, from England via Columbia. Um, and uh, he was held out until the 63rd minute. Why don't you tell the story of that game um, granted, they're playing what was after the game the worst team in the league, and uh, uh, um, and but it was an extraordinary first half, a very remarkable comeback in the second half, uh, a switch in formations, um, a a really a much needed road win, three points with a uh, a three to two victory in Chicago. And uh, but for all of that, it was it was Cucho's night, was it not? I mean, in all your time covering this team, have you seen two halves so diametrically opposed to one another? I mean, for what they were just bad, like terrible in the first half. Two shots only that came from set pieces, and they weren't on frame. It was as bad as offensively as I've seen them throughout the year, and they're still not great offensively. I, I would, I would. I would counter by saying that uh, a lot of credit goes to Chicago and, and Ezra, Hedri- Ezra Hendrickson. Uh, he came out and impressed them like he hasn't pressed any team all year, uh, he, he said later. Um, and uh, that was a high energy, a lot of expended energy by Chicago in the first half. But they, they dominated the game. They took the game to, to Columbus. Um, the possession numbers said Columbus had had more possession in the first half. It didn't look like that at all. I mean, the ball turned over, and it was a scoring opportunity for Chicago. They were up 2-0 at halftime. I give a lot of the credit to, to the fire. Yeah, I, I do too. Uh, the press certainly disturbed them. And, and the day after, or a couple of days after the game, when we had our next press availability, when the kind of temps kind of cool a little bit, you know, Caleb Porter loves to talk about the comeback and kind of, pump up his team. I had asked him what had happened in that first half with the press. And, and he had said, 
a couple times, they just didn't get the ball into Jason Russell Rowe enough because he felt like the way that Chicago was moving their defenders and kind of focusing on Lucas, Russell Rowe had some space and some one-on-one opportunities, so they weren't able to get him. Also, Sean Zawatsky wasn't as connected at times to the outside backs, and they could have got the ball to him and switched it, which you saw a couple times last night against D.C. United. So those were a couple of the tactical things. Well, part of that was the formation the crew came out in, which they have been using on the road, a lot of road games lately. Um, and in that formation, um, they were taken advantage of. The midfield was taken away from them, and, and you saw how bad that could make them look when they do that, which led to the adjustments at halftime. Yeah, and, and I pointed this out during the game. I think 30 minutes in, Darlington Nagby had eight touches. Like, why that formation had been so good is he was able to play almost a 10 role and kind of get up into the attack, and they were really good in that formation. That was the first time you saw that they weren't. But then you get a couple guys. Derek Etienne's had a very solid year. Luis Diaz, not so much. But they came in and gave a boost. But when Cucho came in, it was completely different. I think two minutes after that, a minute after that, Etienne with a really great sublime finish over the left shoulder of Gaga Slonina. And then Cucho obviously has his game winner. But before that, there were a few plays he made where he's slide tackling and simultaneously passing the ball perfectly down the line into Luis Diaz's path. Also, you could just tell having a player like him on the field, Lucas Elorian just took his play to another level, a couple assists uh, on the night and, and, and really impressive, but certainly it was Cucho's night with you had pointed this out in your column that his ability to recognize what that long touch was going to do to bring out the keeper I had talked to Aloy Room about this. Yeah, it was an excellent story. As soon as he had seen that touch, he knew it, it was going to be a goal. And you pointed this out too, to not only hit that long, which can be a bit dangerous, but to know that he's going to be quick enough to get there and still have enough space to get the ball up and over. It shows what Premier League quality truly is. At speed too, you know, it was, uh, it was an extraordinary play. The other thing I guess to point out about, uh, about the Chicago game, Jacob is... Uh, is when, when he went back to his preferred formation, uh, the, the four two three one. Um, he put the wingers in at halftime, the young wingers Etienne and, and uh, Diaz, and they played with joy. I mean, you could just see. Uh, I mean, Zella Ryan, all the pressure went off him. He stopped getting beat up, and, and the wingers were free to roam. And uh, a good recognition, bad recognition by by Chicago. They didn't adjust well at all. But I think they ran out of gas after expending so much energy in the first half. Yeah, you you hit it right on the head. It was strictly the speed of Cucho Hernandez, Lucas, uh, Derek Etienne, and and Luis Diaz. They were flying by the outside backs and getting in behind. I loved, and and Caleb Porter Porter pointed out what made Etienne so good in the game. And you saw it against DC in the offside goal. His movement behind the line is really good, like that really nice kind of misdirection cut pack cutback pass from Lucas to get Etienne behind the line on the first goal. I just, I just thought he was really solid in the second finish from Derek Etienne too, where he basically had to reach behind him on a good decision from Luis Diaz that had his decision-making has, has been an issue, but Derek Etienne a really solid finish that I, I think if you're a crew fan, you, you want to see more of. And I, I kind of talked to him after the game about where he can go. Cause he's had moments like that this year that he's missed and, and he's, a player who will be honest and you feel, he said, I feel like I could have 10 goals already. Um, <laughs> halfway through the year, I, I think he's got a few more left in him. 10 is probably a bit ambitious, but you see what kind of 
you know, weapon he can be. Well, then we turn to last night's game at, uh, at DC. Um, and, uh, they are now the, the Ola Kamara game. Yeah, the, yeah, I know. How about that? He picked up some some garbage there on the doorstep at the end yeah. and stoppage time. But a spotty performance uh, relative to uh, just to Chicago, the second half in Chicago. You you can say that um, it's not shocking, given that given that they have Cincinnati coming up at home uh, on Sunday, and that uh, they've had a compressed schedule since the international break um, in the last month. Um, they're, uh, they, they played well, uh, but it has been a compressed schedule. They're 2-0-4, um, uh, two ties at home and 2-0-2 and on the road. I, I guess you, you kind of take that. There's no losses in there. Um, that's, ooh, that's, that's a fine for me. How much is the fine for your phone ringing during the podcast, Patrick? That's 50 bucks. All right. 50,000 50, in GAM. <laughs> I'll pay that. <laughs> I'll pay that. But... But compressed schedule, they're uh, uh, 2-0-4 since the break. Um, a lot of it's been on the road, four of those games on the road, uh, two wins, two ties on the, on the road. And uh, uh, they get to Chicago, which is, which is in, in one sense, Jacob, um, you go, that should have been an L. Um, you know, D.C. was pumped. They were at home. They have a new coach, uh, Wayne Rooney, but he wasn't coaching yet. He's doing his paperwork. And they had a little, you know, firing them from getting shellacked for a seven. seven oh. I think Neil said during the broadcast, Eagle seven commander zero. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Neil Sika. Yes. They, they gotten hammered in Philadelphia, seven, nothing. Um, and uh coaching change, a lot going on. There was a lot of energy. It seemed in, in the building and uh, uh, it's an old rival too. Uh, we can't forget that. Uh, um, anyway, spotty performance on one hand, but, the Lucas Zellerian Cucho Hernandez combination was extraordinary to see. Yeah, it's real. And and again, just to kind of give us the story of the game. Yeah, yeah. The game itself, um, first half, pretty much nothing in it. I mean, the crew were lucky to get out, knock down at least a couple goals. There were a few set piece opportunities. I think three free runners in the box in the first half, and that issue continued in the second half. And then Taxi Fountas had a, a, an opportunity in the middle of the box that he had missed. So it could have easily been 2 3 nothing in that first half. But then you get to the second half, and I think the crew were thinking, all right, we're in good shape. Lucas Elarion, Cucho Hernandez starting off the bench in the second half. And I, I thought that made sense if they're still trying to manage Lucas's minutes. I, I thought he would kind of sit out and play that second half and then be ready for a full 90 against Cincinnati. But both of them came in and were, I mean, pretty pretty electric from the start. I, I, it's certainly Cucho. Lucas, you can just tell how much he enjoys having that quality, that type of quality of a player next to him. And they seem to, you know, really have a, a strong bond already. I think you saw that in Chicago. But the first goal, Lucas just kind of gives it off to Cucho at the top left corner and lets him do the rest. A goal extremely similar to the first one he scored at Watford against Aston Villa, which was a couple minutes after he came into the game. Just a high curler into the far post. A really world-class goal. And then the second one, after giving up the lead with an 80th minute goal almost before DC could even get set off of pretty much nothing on a throw in Lucas gets the ball, takes one move toward the end line and fires in the cross and Cucho's in between a couple defenders. The 
kind of tenacity he showed to get to that ball and full on dive and put the ball into the net with his head. I don't know if we've seen a crew forward do that in a long, long time. And that's why they got him. So it's unfortunate that the defensive mistakes late with the Ola Kamara tap in at the goal line and the ball getting through, um, getting through Steven Marrera's legs and Santos not being able to clear it. That kind of overshadowed what has been a truly like dream start for Cucho Hernandez. Two two things about that uh, game winning goal and stoppage time last night, Jacob. Uh, uh, one is you could say uh, or cry foul on it. Uh, when I looked at the replays, I don't think you call that at that point in the game. Uh, uh, but you know, I'll I'll listen to an argument. Um, the second thing you could say is set piece, clear the ball. Absolutely. Come on, man. It was poorly defended. And, and I'm sure Caleb Porter thinks it was a foul, he, but he said both were kind of fouling each other. Even before that, he said, you just got to clear it. They shouldn't even have the corner, which which I think is right. And his assessment of the game was, was fair. It, he said he thought the draw was fair, essentially saying they didn't deserve a win, which I don't think they did. I mean, you look at the, the advanced metrics, say DC really dominated scoring chances and, and opportunities. And just watching the game itself, the crew were incredibly inconsistent and kind of sloppy in the midfield for what they had. But at the same time, you looked at that stretch. I know we had talked about it on the last show. Four of five of these games were on the road before seven of the next 10 being at home. Right. The crew had, have now played 11 of their first 19 on the road and have yet to have back-to-back home games. You get eight points out of those four. Uh, you've put yourself in position to keep climbing up the table. So I I would say they've done better than I thought, but then you look at last night's game and you could easily say it should be 10 points. Well, they were in 11th place in the Eastern conference at, uh, at the international break a month ago. That's the easy way to look at, right? Yeah. They've, they've, they've climbed to eighth now. Uh, They're six, five and eight, 25 goals for 22 against plus three differential three, three and two at home, three, two and six on, on the, on the road. Um, So, uh, and I may have that. I may be looking at it. You know what? I'll have to check the home and away standing. No, I think that's correct. Three two three three two at home and three two six away. In any case, they've gone from eleventh to eighth, twenty six points, and um, now now comes uh, uh, the big one. Uh, we have Cucho uh, uh, Hernandez's home debut after playing two road games in a rivalry game that actually means something. How about that? It matters again. Huh? Yeah. Uh, since he got a draw last night against Vancouver. So they still are separated by just a point in the standings. Since, yes. since he's at six Columbus that, at eight, yeah. just past the halfway point that what else do you want? You know? <laughs> yeah, it should be. It should Unless be. Unless they're one and two. <laughs> um, I know those tickets are expensive. Yeah. They, when I had looked at them, I think the cheapest one outside of the Nordeca being offered was kind of in the top corner was $72 that went up to $85. So it's not, it's not cheap to get in. I wonder what Johnny Goudreau's uh, home debut is going to be. Oh, they, I don't think they'll uh, change the ticket prices and uh, you can get a really good seat for 85 yeah. But But that's... Well, a tag on that. I'm working on a story currently and, and they have started to lower their season ticket prices. So hopefully have that published sometime at the end of next week. So look for that at Dispatch.com along with all of Jacob's fine work. If you're wondering where Kyle Robertson is, um, we are too. No, we know where he is. He's, <laughs> he's on a beach somewhere south and uh, he's on vacation. Um, and I hope he feels guilty right now for, for not being here for the speakeasy. But, you know, teams change strikers. 
we might get a new one in here. You know, uh, it, it does happen. Uh, we know that from. Uh, we we have some we have some money to spend. We have some gam now. I, yeah. I have to, to, with the fine. Although our owners aren't the ones that are highest in spending. That's a true fact. Um, tell us now what what they look. I, I think we can guess that uh, he's he's going to shift hard back. There may be some times on the road. I'm guessing that that he'll play five and back. But we're looking at the the you know the his norm Caleb Porter's favorite formation going forward here. What's it look like? Uh, who is where within the four two three one and and uh, uh, what's the injury situation right now as as they look ahead to to the hell is real on Sunday? Yeah, I'll take the last part. Uh, Artur has a hairline fracture. He's still coming back with. I asked a week and a half ago to Caleb Porter how long about that he because he's been listed as questionable, but he's still you know probably two three weeks away. And then Milos Degenik is also out with a hamstring injury. At least he was this past game that happened before the Chicago game. So we'll see if he could possibly be available this weekend. If not, I expect he'll be back the following weekend against the Revolution. But yeah, I expect a 4-2-3-1 simply from the fact that when they played that against Chicago, it was working. Uh, you need, I think you need Derek Etienne Jr. in there the way he's playing. So play him. You could play him in a... Four three three, I guess, on the right, but he's been pretty good on on the left as well. Um, so yeah, I think you go four two three one, and it's Santos. I mean, pick who your center backs are, are going to be. Jonathan Mensa will be back this coming game from a yellow card suspension. Important point there. Probably a reason they were a little unorganized on set pieces against DC is he wasn't in there. Um, Darling Tanagby also out late because of cramps. That could have been a uh, and if had an effect there, I'd say Josh Williams or Degenick, whoever's available, Steven Moreira, Aloy room and goal. And then you have Nagby and at the eight, you probably play Aiden Morris the way he's been playing and then go Etienne Hernandez and Lucas Celerayon and Luis Diaz on the right. Sounds, sounds like a plan here. So that's Cincinnati on Sunday. That'll be uh, by my thumbnail calculation of uh, seven games in five weeks, um, uh, coming off four days rest. Okay. Um, That's been the case around the the entire league. Yeah, but to your point, they also have handled these better than they have the last few years, uh, and it hasn't been an excuse either. Well, what do you expect Sunday, Jacob? As we wrap up this show, I expect Cincinnati to come out firing from the beginning. Almost all of these games, you think of the first game in 2019 their first MLS season, Cincinnati comes out hot at the beginning last year, the first minute uh, in Cincinnati, they score a goal. That team is, is good. They're playing very well right now. Uh, Lucho Acosta is playing like one of the best tens in the league. I expect a, a very intense, highly competitive game. I the, just looking at him. I don't know if Cucho's ready to play 90, but he looks well enough to start. But then the question is if he can't go 90, I think if you start him, you almost have to try to go 80 to 90 minutes because you're not going to bring him out after 60 and put someone else in because you need him for the end of the game if it's tied. At least that's how I look at it. So what, you want you want me to be in the prediction business, and, and I think it'll be a very tight game, exciting game, and, and a lot of a lot of energy. Three to um, one crew. How about that? There you go. And and if I'm Porter, I start Cucho Hernandez. Uh, 
you know, it's his home debut uh, against Cincinnati. Maybe that little bit of juice kind of adds another 10, 15 minutes he's able to get, right? Yeah. Uh, I it's mean, also this, a marketing opportunity that club can't miss on. <laughs> this is a team that's that's got depth, and they've proven that over this, this very stretch we've been talking about. I'd agree, yeah. So given their depth, um, uh, I'd, I would uh, I'd start – uh, Hernandez for, for the home crowd and, and, you know, keep an eye on them and, uh, and then trust that the depth can, uh, can bring, bring the, bring, bring the team home to through 90. Yeah. That's a good point. Cause you could all, you know, if you have them in there at the beginning, ideally you get the lead. You can always bring in more midfielders as, as we've seen most games this year. Although I would say Chicago and DC were uh, certainly regressing a bit when you have three in the midfield, or more, uh, they've been pretty good defensively throughout the year. So I think you trust that. Anything to add, Jacob, before we sign out here? No, it's it's getting more exciting now that you actually have a, a player who could and score goals up top. And, and, and I'm excited to keep watching the combination. Yeah, I mean, just talking to another quick aside here, benefit of open locker rooms and and to Lucas Zellerayan, like being confident now speaking English has been great. It's really fun to hear him talk about the game and, and his bond with uh, Cucho Hernandez. Like he was talking about how much the four, two, three, one suits him better. And his, he had been talking about how they're already great friends. He and Cucho, which seems to be the case. Lucas was the first one to jump into his arms after he scored in Chicago. Yeah, and, and um, that's just t- the stuff you get with open locker. And he'd you know? been taken out of the game. In Chicago, and he, he was, was not happy about that. Not at all, no. Um, and I asked Caleb Porter about that, and he said Lucas was dead. They needed some energy off the bench uh, to try to see out that game. I thought it was questionable just based on they were tied, but you know, you got the goal late, and I, I don't doubt that if you're still trying to manage his hamstring. But no, well, he, he wasn't happy. He ran from the bench to, to jump on Cucho. You know, yeah, so. he had enough energy for that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, that's about it for this this edition of the Soccer Speakeasy. Uh, once again, please check out all the fine soccer stuff at uh, Dispatch.com. All your latest Johnny Gaudreau updates as well. Big day in Columbus uh, was yesterday, as was uh, Saturday when Tucho made his debut. Thanks for joining us for Patrick Flaherty and Jacob Myers. And wherever he is, Kyle Robertson. I'm Mike A. Race and uh, Patrick, kick us out of here. <laughs>